Hello and welcome to the Trinity Fit Over 40 podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. And me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and creators of the Fit Over 40 method. And for more information about what we do, go to www.fit40info.com. So in today's episode, we're going to reveal six summer weight loss strategies for women over 40. So sit back and relax and welcome to today's podcast. So we've worked with so many women over 40 who were struggling to lose weight and weren't seeing any movement on the scales, no matter what they tried. And for many of these ladies, this was starting to have a big impact on their confidence and their self-esteem, making it difficult for them to enjoy life to the fullest. And I can't tell you how many women I've spoken to who had resorted to living in baggy tops and elasticated waistbands, who were choosing clothes to cover up problem areas instead of wearing the things that they liked and staring at a wardrobe full of amazing clothes that they could no longer fit into. But despite all of that, we helped many of these women to remove the barriers that were blocking them from seeing results and to quickly and easily turn it all around, lose the excess weight, regain their confidence and get back to feeling amazing in all their clothes all in just a few short months. And now that summer is here, it could be the perfect time to take advantage and make your own amazing transformation before your next holiday. So in today's podcast, we're going to lay out step by step how you can lose one to two stone before the end of summer without having to sacrifice your career, give up time with your family, ban wine and chocolate, or even step foot in a gym. So let's get into the tips then. We've got six for you. The first one we're going to talk about is food-based, and then we're going to kind of alternate between food and exercise-based stuff. So, oh, (laughs) you are right. (laughs) I'm talking to no one. Um, so let's get into the tips. First of all, we're going to start with food and then we're kind of going to alternate between food and exercise uh, and then a little bit of mindset as well at the end because those are the three key elements uh, we find people need for success. So exercise, nutrition and mindset, they all need to be optimal for you. And as a woman in your 40s or 50s, it needs to be optimal for you and your changing body and hormones. So the first tip is all around food and your hormones. So what we recommend you do first of all this summer, if you want to see great results is to minimize hormone disrupting foods. And a lot of people don't know about this because most diets are very generic. Most bog standard diets just talk about eating less and moving more in one way or another, whether it's fasting, cutting out carbs, lowering your calories, having shakes. But actually there's certain foods that will disrupt your hormones um, more than others and will make it much harder to see good results. So the key foods to avoid are what we call the WADS foods, which are wheat, alcohol, dairy, and sugar. Now, Your body and hormones change as a woman in your 40s and in your 50s, and it can happen years before clinical menopause. So clinical menopause is where you go without having a period for 12 months consecutively. And for most women, this will happen around the age of 50, but it can happen in your mid-40s. It can also happen in all the ways you mid-50s. But up to 10 years before that happens, your hormones will already be changing. So for some women, these changes can actually start to happen in their mid to late 30s. And for many women, they're definitely happening by the time you're in your 40s. And the issue is certain foods and certain extreme dieting approaches actually make all the hormonal changes worse that you'll experience in the run-up to menopause, which will make it harder to lose weight and easier to gain it due to something that we call the weight gain triangle. So as I said, those hormone disrupting foods are what we call the WADS foods, wheat, alcohol, dairy, and sugar. And the weight gain triangle is three kind of 
negative side effects that you will get if you disrupt your hormones and specifically the hormone cortisol, which is the primary stress hormone. Um, and Ben's going to talk about this more in the exercise point, but basically if you have what's called chronically elevated cortisol levels, so this stress hormone is too high all of the time, it triggers this weight gain triangle, which is kind of the three key negative side effects from the weight gain triangle. And that's why we call it the weight gain triangle. So it's three things. So leptin resistance, which is um, the hormone that tells your brain if you're full or not. So you'll have much more elevated cravings. You'll be craving uh, comfort foods. You'll be craving all those, you know, those foods you might have at like a barbecue. You'll be craving the carbs. You'll be craving the sugary treats, craving the crisps. So it'll be very difficult to avoid overeating if you trigger the weight gain triangle. You also have insulin resistance. So insulin is a, a storage hormone. It's not always bad, but if you have insulin resistance, what tends to happen is you're more likely to store weight, especially around the middle. So if you struggle with that middle age spread, it's usually due to insulin resistance. And again, that's why you want to avoid triggering this weight gain triangle. And then the last one is thyroid deregulation. The thyroid is the gland in your neck that controls your metabolism. And if you have thyroid deregulation, your metabolism slows down, which means you have to eat less and less and less just to maintain your weight, let alone lose weight. So as I said, these things all make it harder to lose weight and even easier to gain it, which is why so many people tend to put on weight around um, in their 40s and 50s and around menopause. So the thing is though, with these hormone disrupting foods, so wheat, alcohol, dairy, and sugar, what we find is it's almost impossible to just wean yourself off these foods gradually, especially if your brain's kind of hooked on these foods to deal with things like stress and if you're craving them all of the time. So what you need to do, first of all, is to kind of go cold turkey on these for one to two weeks, which will reset your cravings, it'll optimize your hormones and put your body in a position where you can then effectively lose weight again. So it'll kickstart your weight loss. And it's kind of like a computer back in the old days, you had those beige computers that kind of crashed a lot. They, you know, you probably had it back when you were using one of those beige computers that it would start to make a lot of funny noises and it would stop working. The mouse would stop moving. You may even get the blue screen of death. And the only way to fix that computer and get it working well again was to turn it off and on again, the classic solution, right? So you reboot it, you restart it again, and then it works really well. And it's the same with your nutrition, with your diet to, to reboot your body, get your hormones working and your body working effectively. You need to cut out those key hormone disrupting foods, the WADS foods for one to two weeks. Then you'll kickstart your weight loss. You'll also reset your cravings. You won't be craving them and you'll be in much better habits with food and drink moving forward. So that is the first step we recommend. And then once you've done that, we recommend avoiding them about 80% of the time. So it's not overly restrictive. You can still enjoy a little bit of wheat, a little bit of alcohol, dairy, a little bit of sugar one to two times a week and you can still see great results. And we do this process inside our Fit Over 40 program using a process called the Diet Makeover. And I've actually got a little... Um, little snapshot of a client who shared her results into one of our community groups um so she started on the 11th of april and then she gave a summary on week four so this is from a couple of months ago but this just shows you what's possible and you can see these results even in the summer so you can get very quick results even as a woman in your 40s or 50s so she said i started on the 11th of april so i'm on week four i've got two wins to share win number one i've been to see the practice nurse today for my blood pressure check and to get weighed my blood pressure is now normal and i can stay off the blood pressure meds Woohoo. So that was one of her goals and she achieved it in four weeks. Second one, win number two, I've lost five kilos. So that's almost a stone. Whoop, whoop, just thought I'd share. So that just shows you, you can see incredible results if you do eliminate those hormone disrupting foods and if you do it combined with what we're going to talk about next. So the second thing to do then is to make smarter food choices rather than doing a really extreme diet. So really extreme diets ban a lot of things. They're not sustainable long-term. 
because they lead to an all or nothing mindset where you start to see food as either good or bad, as in, you know, I can either have this or I can't have this. So a smarter choice basically includes taking in fewer calories because ultimately that is the thing that's going to get you the most results when it comes to nutrition. The other thing that, is, that you need to focus on is having less slash no WADS foods. So as you mentioned before, Rob, the wheat, alcohol, dairy, sugar foods. So keeping those in moderation. Third point is to make sure you're getting plenty of fiber and plenty of protein, which are both very, very filling. And also getting in, taking in plenty of protein will help your results when it comes to losing body fat, when it comes to toning up. And we call this approach, so, you know, eating the right amount, restricting those wads foods not completely restricting them but kind of keeping them in moderation and then having high protein and high fiber we call this hormonally balanced eating so what this might look like in practice making kind of a smart choice rather than an extreme diet would be to if you're let's say you're going to have an ice cream it's summer it's a hot day we're going to have really hot weather over the weekend i think if you're going to have an ice cream rather than saying right ice creams are bad i cannot have them they're completely banned i'm not allowed them at all you can instead have something like, I'd say, a mini milk or a Twister lolly instead of a Magnum. And I've got down here, mini milk is only 32 calories, which is, in terms of calories, is a bargain. Because you still get to have an ice cream, still get to enjoy that, but you're not taking in the huge amount of calories that's associated with that. A Twister ice cream, 76 calories, which I had no idea they were actually that low. And that's, again, that's a bargain, because I'm a huge, I'm a big fan of a Twister ice lolly. Um, and another, another option is there's one called Goud, so G-Triple-U-D, Raspberry Greek Yogurt Ice Cream, which is 86 calories. But all of these kind of lower calorie choices, when you compare them to the, the high calorie version, so a Magnum Classic is about 250 calories. So compared to the mini milk, you could either have sort of eight mini milks or you could have one Magnum. So like it's, they're so much less calorie dense. You can get... Um, you still get to enjoy it, but without the calorie, the, the high calories associated with that. So that's kind of one way you could look at it. The other ways you can look at it, making these smarter food choices rather than extreme diet, will be let's say you go to a, a barbecue and you want to enjoy that barbecue and not restrict yourself and not say, do you know what? I'm not allowed to have a burger. I can't have a hot dog. I can't have any ice cream. I can't have this. I can't have that. Which, I mean, if you were to go to a barbecue and you didn't have any of that food and you just ate like lettuce leaves, Results-wise, maybe that will get you better results for that particular day. But the key point is, you're not going to be able to stick to that. Unless you can, for the rest of your life, be able to say, I don't have any of these foods. I'm never going to have anything I like. Never going to have any flexibility. It's just not going to work. So like a more moderate approach that we'd recommend would be to go to barbecue, have the meat and have the salad. So, you know, you can have the chicken drumsticks, you can have a burger, you can have sausages, etc. You can have all the different salads and stuff and just avoid the bread. Like it's just making a small sacrifice there. Um, doing something like that would mean you get plenty of protein from all of the barbecued meat. Um, you get plenty of fiber from all the salad. You'd be avoiding those WADS foods, the wheat, alcohol, dairy, sugar foods. Maybe you have one little drink, maybe you have a G&T and um, a Twister ice lolly. Overall, then, you've still been able to have a bit of everything. You haven't really even had to miss out. But you're going to be keeping the calories lower. You're going to be seeing really good results in the mirror um, without having to feel like you're you're kind of really restricting yourself. Another uh, um, example of these smart choices would be if you go out for dinner, rather than having a dessert, which a typical dessert could be, say, 400 to 800 calories, which for someone who's 
a woman over 40 looking to drop a dress size, looking to see results, that's about the same amount of calories you'd have in kind of a typical meal. So having a dessert in addition to the meal you've had, in addition to all the food you've had for the rest of the day, is like adding another meal. So it's like having four meals in a day or five meals in a day rather than your normal amount of meals. However, if you were to have half a dessert, so if you, for example, share one with a partner or share one with a friend, you'd only be then having 200 to 400 calories, which is much less likely to cause you to overeat and to overconsume on calories for the day. So a second tip is really to make smarter food choices rather than do an extreme diet, purely because you can't stick to an extreme diet long-term, but making smarter food choices is a habit that you can learn and that you can stick to while still being able to enjoy the flexibility to have the things that you want. And carrying that forward then, we're also going to talk about making smarter drinks choices because drinks can also contain a lot of calories. And I think they often get forgotten. Everyone's thinking about dieting, again, from all these unhealthy dieting mindsets. They're mostly focused on food and restricting food. We don't want to restrict either, but we do need to think about and be mindful about it and make smarter choices, like Ben said, because all of these little smart choices is what adds up to saving 500 calories over the day maybe halving your sugar intake so you don't disrupt your hormones, getting more protein, getting more fiber in, and then transforming your results like like um, the example I gave earlier. So an example with the drinks to make a smarter choice to kind of keep those calories down is, like Ben said, have like a single gin and tonic rather than a large glass of wine or rather than a cocktail. So a single diet gin and tonic, a diet one would be at about half the calories. So I'll always see if I can get one of those. It's about 55 calories. You can still get a nice flavored gin. You can still make it nice, have lots of ice in it whether that's out or at home. Get yourself a little shot measure if it's at home, you can make yourself a single. It's 55 calories, a large glass of wine, which let's face it, is what most people pour, if not bigger, um, at home. So like a large glass of white wine is about 210 calories, which everyone always goes on about a pint of Guinness being like a roast dinner. It's about the same amount of calories as a Guinness. It's not the same as a roast dinner, but a large glass of wine has a lot of calories in it. So if you had a single GNT, you'd have four times less calories from that drink. You could have two or three of them and still have less than just one glass of wine. And what tends to happen, wine is a very dangerous drink. Once the bottle's open, people feel obliged to finish it because they feel like they're wasting it. So you've got to tap into these, these mindsets and avoid the ones which take you astray. So wine is a, can, can lead to a very difficult mindset that, that leads to overconsumption, really. So it's much easier to stick to something like gin and tonic. And then cocktails, they're often anywhere from 200 to 500 plus calories. So if you're on holiday if you're an all-inclusive and they include cocktails a long island iced tea might be five six hundred calories a pina colada might be four five hundred calories a gin tonic is 55 calories a single one the diet one so it's 10 times less calories than some of those cocktails and again like ben said that's even more than a typical meal that a lot of our clients would eat in one drink and if you have a few of them like there's no hope you're ever going to be able to lose weight you're probably going to gain weight if you're having a lot of those drinks so another thing you can do, so another kind of dangerous area I was talking to a client about this on uh, on Tuesday is the coffee shop. So things like Starbucks, Costa or other coffee shops, they have a lot of very high calorie drinks. And I think most people kind of know that that's the case, but a lot of people just mindlessly still order the same thing like a latte or if it's cold, uh, if it's hot like it is at the moment, like a frappuccino. The thing is a latte for a medium one with skim milk is about 170, 75 calories. Um, it could easily be over that if you get a, so that's a medium grande in Starbucks. I think that is, if you get a bigger one, it's going to be 200 and something. If it's a flavored one, it's 300 and something. 
So these calories, again, quickly start to get towards the amount you'd actually get from a really filling healthy meal from a drink that doesn't fill you up at all. Also contains dairy, also contains caffeine. These are two things that then will also disrupt your hormones. So a much better choice would be to have something like an iced coffee or even an iced cold brew. So it's basically the same thing, um, but it seems to have lower calories. I don't know why, but that's what I go for. So in like Starbucks, you can get an iced cold brew. You can have a splash of milk. So there's an option to add a splash of almond or coconut milk. Those are non-dairy. They taste good with coffee. Uh, I think the coconut and, uh, and cold brew is a good combo. If you like sweetness, they have sugar-free syrups as well. So you can add a sugar-free syrup that's very low to no calories, like one to two calories. So they do like sugar-free vanilla syrup. That drink is 55 calories. Again, so it's three three times less roughly than, than your typical latte. And if you have a frappuccino, those are anywhere from 300 to 600 calories. So it could be up to sort of six, six to 12 times less calories than a frappuccino. So again, it's another one of those little decisions that if you just break out of your default mold of, I'll just get the latte I always get, or I'll get the frappuccino and mindlessly have that. And you know, you probably don't realize that the calories are so high that could be stopping you seeing any results, let alone losing results this summer. So Drinks are just as important as food. If you can make a few different drinks choices and combine that with a few of those different food choices we talked about and combined with exercise that Ben's going to talk about next, there's no way you shouldn't be able to lose one to two stone every 12 weeks like our clients do. So the fourth thing is to do exercise, which is optimal for your body and hormones. So a lot of popular types of exercise are very inefficient for women over 40, where whereby you have to put in a lot of effort in to see little to no results. This includes things like cardio, HIIT training, gym classes, running, spinning. It's all your kind of normal kind of cardio, high impact, high intensity exercise. And most of the exercise which would be recommended by your average gym class, your average PT, your average kind of online workout. And these can feel very effective as you do them because you'll, you'll sweat a lot, you'll get out of breath, you'll feel really tired, you'll get a rush of endorphins, which is brilliant, but it's not actually a good measure of an effective workout if your goal is lose body fat, especially losing fat from around the middle area, shrink your waist, get back into your clothes. If that's your goal, these workouts are not too effective. If your goal, for example, though, was just get really good at cardio classes or get good at running, get good at spinning, if you're training for a specific cardio goal, those things will be brilliant. But for weight loss, for women over 40 in particular, they're not the best way. And the reason, because, the reason that this is is because it creates an elevated stress response. So when you do this high intensity cardio, specifically the stress hormone cortisol gets elevated. And this stress response basically increases with age. So the older people get, um, the more of the stress hormone cortisol be released in your body for the amount of stress that you put in. And this increase is also three times greater for women than it is for men of the same age. So it's a really important thing for women to watch out for, women over 40 in particular. And if your cortisol levels are too high for too long, which is called chronically elevated cortisol, this triggers what's called the weight gain triangle. So there's three factors here. The first one is leptin resistance. So leptin is like the hunger hormone. It's one that's responsible for whether you feel full um, or whether you feel like continuing eating. And that will then in lead to increased cravings. And usually it's increased cravings for the wrong foods. Let's face it, we don't often crave more salad. It's usually we're craving bread and cakes and chocolate and ice cream etc and wine whatever it is so leptin resistance will increase cravings probably then increase your food intake and stop you seeing results the second one is insulin resistance 
So insulin is a hormone which is responsible for how your body processes carbs and whether your body kind of stores the calories that come in as body fat and how your body kind of deals with the calories that come in. So if you have insulin resistance, if you get that from this weight gain triangle, you're more likely to store body fat around the middle area, which is why you see so many people struggle with this kind of middle age spread. It's even, it's, it's been given its own term because it's something that is so common for so many people. And the third factor is what's called thyroid deregulation. So your thyroid is responsible for your metabolism. So when this gets um, affected, it basically slows down your metabolism. So it makes it easier for what well, makes it more likely that your body is going to store excess body fat and it's going to reduce the rate that your body burns calories so all these three things together are really a recipe for just gaining a load of excess weight eating too much food putting on body fat around the middle area so therefore these types of exercise so cardio hit spinning running gym classes etc often make it more difficult to see results for women over 40 as they they work against your changing hormones and doing these type of exercises, it's like trying to hand wash all your family's laundry. You could get all the laundry now in the laundry basket, put it into the bath and hand wash all of it with like um, that real uh, old school type of soap. What's it called? Like the carbolic sort of soap that you used to get. Get a bit of that. Get one of those um, those things that's like a cheese grater. See, it's so old fashioned. I can't even remember what those things are. A mangle or whatever it is. Scrub your clothes against a, a washing washboard or whatever it is. It's a washboard, isn't it? Yeah. And then you could put them all through a mangle. You could do it all all by hand. It would be very very time consuming, very slow. You'd feel absolutely exhausted afterwards. And instead, you could just take all the clothes, put them in the washing machine, and within a couple of hours they'll be out, they'll be finished, they'll be done, they'll be done more quickly, more easily, and you'll get a much better result for less effort. So when you're trying, trying to figure out what's the best type of exercise to do over 40, it's really not about putting in more effort. It's just about working smarter with your changing body and changing hormones. And if you do, we find that most women that we work with can lose between one to two stone or one to two dress sizes within 12 weeks. And what we would recommend that you try is instead something called list training. So LIST stands for Low Impact Strength Training, um, which is essentially, you can do this with any type of equipment. We Our clients typically use very basic equipment that you can get hold of and use at home, so resistance bands, kettlebells, that kind of thing. And just by doing three 30-minute sessions a week, that is enough to see the results you want. That's enough for most people to see a change of one to two stone, one to two dress sizes over 12 weeks. And the advantages of this is it keeps stress level, stress on the body low. It avoids triggering that weight gain triangle, which comes from elevated cortisol. It's also gentle on the joints. So many of our clients, you know, they've either got bad knees, bad back, bad hips, bad shoulders. They've got some kind of joint issues going on. So it needs to be gentle on the joints. Burpees and squat jumps and all of that are not so good when you're in your 40s and you've got a few joint issues. And the fourth thing is it builds muscle as well. So as people get older, they do tend to lose muscle mass, but this will prevent that and reverse that, allow you to continue to stay firm, continue to stay toned as you get older. So fourth point then is just make sure that the exercise you're doing is optimal for your body and hormones. So stay away from all the things that are designed for just kind of your average 20 something dieter, the cardio, the hit training, gym classes, running, spinning, and instead find something more effective, such as list training, which works for women over 40. Okay, on to the next point there. So number five is to always get protein in every meal. And it's partly linked to what Ben was just talking about with muscle. 
um, and partly linked uh, to something else I'll come on to in just a second. But basically, protein has kind of got this this almost image that's for men or for bodybuilders. And I think a lot of people think, oh yeah, if I've got a son, he needs to eat enough protein. Like I've heard that from a lot of clients, but they don't think about it before working with us, at least for themselves. But actually protein is very important for women, especially for women over 40, who either want to lose weight or want to tone up or want to do both. If you want to do either of those, protein is kind of very important thing to be thinking about. And most diets, they don't think about this. They just think about um, calories or they just think about eating less. And actually, if you're not thinking about protein, you're going to see much worse results. So the reason for this is there's kind of three main benefits to protein. First of all, it actually helps your body burn more fat. So the best example of this is there's a research study conducted into two groups of people. And one group of people were eating a low amount of protein. And then another group of people were eating double that amount of protein. So a low amount of protein was basically how much the average person eats, um, a higher amount was about double that, which isn't excessively high. Um, it's about what roughly what our clients usually eat inside our program. The group eating twice the amount of protein lost twice as much as body fat doing exactly the same approach with everything else. So they ate the same amount of calories, they did the same type of exercise, and that group lost twice as much in terms of fat, doing nothing different. So that's first of all, the first kind of big benefit of protein is you're going to burn more fat. The second big benefit is it helps your body build and maintain muscle so as ben said as you get older typically people would lose muscle it's called sarcopenia age-related muscle loss however it doesn't have to be that way usually people lose muscle because they're doing the wrong type of exercise so all the stuff ben talked about before all the cardio-based exercise that will actually encourage you to lose muscle especially as you get older your body will burn that muscle you need very minimal muscle to do cardio-based exercise and um, the other reason is because they don't eat enough protein. And if you don't get enough protein, which is the building blocks of muscle, your body will have no choice but to shed it. If you do the wrong type of exercise, you will also lose all that muscle. And the reason this is kind of undesirable for most of the people we work with is muscle is what makes you feel firm and toned. Muscle is firm, muscle is very small and dense. So muscle is basically what makes people feel youthful. You know, younger people tend to have kind of tight, lean bodies. And as people get older, they have saggier, sort of flab flabbier bodies. And that's mostly due to that muscle loss. There's a bit about skin elasticity as well, but it's mostly due to muscle loss. So if you do the wrong type of exercise and if you're not eating enough protein, you'll just accelerate that process and that's what most people are doing. But the good news is you can get it back doing the right approach. And that's basically eating enough protein and doing the type of exercise Ben just talked about with that low impact strength training. And then the third big benefit of protein is it's very filling. It's very satiating, um, which means it keeps you full for a very long time because it takes a very long time for your body to break it down. So it's kind of like putting a big log on a fire versus kind of like throwing petrol on a fire. Just eating a, a regular diet that's usually quite high in carbohydrate, it's quite low in protein. It's like throwing petrol on the fire, the energy is released very quickly and then it's gone and then you need to keep adding more petrol or fuel to the fire or it'll go out. If you put a big log on the fire, it'll keep burning for hours and keep releasing energy for hours. So that's exactly what eating more protein is like as well. And I think the other issue is, I was listening to a podcast last week um, with a medical professional talking about how the RDA, the recommended daily allowance for protein, is hopelessly low. It's about 45 grams on average for the typical woman. Um, and that is enough protein to survive. That's all they're giving you with that RDA. It's like enough to just not be really ill, but it's not enough to thrive. And it will mean you'll have the bare minimum muscle to survive and you'll have no more than that. So your bum will be flat and untoned and kind of like meld into the rest of your body. Your arms will have things like bingo rings because you don't have enough muscle. You'll have more belly fat again because it's not firm and toned from muscle. So you won't be lean or toned and fit if you're just hitting the RDA because um, you won't be able to build and maintain enough muscle to actually be lean and toned and fit. What you do need to do 
Now, what kind of target you need to aim for is about one gram per pound of lean body mass. Now, that probably sounds like, you know, another language to you. So I'll try and explain that one very quickly. But basically, it, your lean body mass is the weight of your body, so it's your, your weight ultimately, minus the weight of your body fat. Now, it is a little bit complicated to work out. So we work this out for all of our Fit Over 40 program members as part of their personalized hormonally balanced eating plan. But a simple way to kind of achieve this or get close to it, you might not get it exactly right, but is to try and aim to get protein in every meal you eat. So roughly a palm-sized portion of protein in every meal should get you close to that target. And that could be a palm-sized portion of eggs, of meat, of fish, of a combination of those. If you're vegetarian, things like corn, things like tofu, it's a little bit harder if you're vegetarian or vegan. I actually have a, a vegetarian and vegan, well, plant-based expert coming on next week to help you with that. Um, so do tune in next week if you're interested in that. Um, but a palm-sized portion of protein every meal should get you close to that target. Obviously, that target is unique to you because it's based on your body weight and your lean body mass. So if you have the exact number, it is easier to figure out how much you should be getting. And we work with every single one of our members to do that. But a very good guide, first of all, is to get that palm-sized portion of protein. So it might be in breakfast having an omelette or having um, some 0% fat Greek yogurt with some berries in it. And then at lunch, having something like a, a salad with some, some tuna on it. And then for dinner, having, you know, you can have bolognese maybe with corn or made with with beef mints, with like 5% beef mints, so it's low fat, low calorie, but high in protein. So that's the next tip, is to make sure you're getting enough protein in every meal, and that will help you to see the results you want this summer. And the final tip is just to have someone keeping you accountable. So it's really, really easy to fail in private, and most people can feel motivated by themselves for sort of one to two weeks, but usually then life takes over or it gets busy. So for example, you know, you have a barbecue, you have a wedding, you go on holiday, something comes up, whether it's something positive like that, whether it's something negative, like, you know, the, you need to repair the roof on the house or you have a new kitchen or someone dies in the family. But in all of those different circumstances, people can then, if you're doing it by just by yourself, you can basically give up with no consequences. And like I, I and because of this like both myself and Rob I know don't really follow or write our own kind of fitness plans anymore when we were both students at uni we could both do that and succeed and to be fair when we were trying to like you know writing our own fitness plans at uni trying to um succeed together we were almost kind of keeping ourselves accountable really like if you know if Rob said I'm not going to the gym I'd be like oh well I wanted to go to the gym and then he'd probably end up going to the gym anyway or the other way around kind of thing um but these days, you know, when you've got a really busy lifestyle, when you know that you're not realistically going to sit down and you're not going to like write all the exercises out you're going to do and you're going to plan everything out and, and you know, put together a plan at the start of every week and spend a real long period of time on it, which is something that we used to kind of do in the past. Um, it's much easier to just get someone else to do it. Like I know that if I was going to follow a program to, for example, like get stronger for rock climbing or something I was going to do, I did one um, start of last year, I think. I thought, you know, I thought to myself, do you know what? I'm not an expert in how to train for rock climbing. I've got absolutely no idea. So I just contacted someone. I paid them some money, got them to put me a program together. And surprise, surprise, by having that program there and having somebody else who's made that program for me, I followed it through and I did a good few months on it and I saw great results. So hence both myself and Rob continue to pay for our own coaches, our own mentor mentors to give us help with anything that we're not like 
well, even things that I'm an expert in, I'll still get help with. Anything that I, I just don't feel like I have time to really do by myself and I feel like I would need someone else to help keep me on track. The reality is like with anything, if you were gonna succeed on your own, you probably would have done it. Like I think most people, they have certain things that they can just do and that they will just do and they will just succeed with without any additional accountability. Um, for some people that's work, for some people that's family stuff, for some people that is fitness. But in reality, but there's very rare that somebody has, they're able to succeed with absolutely everything with no accountability. Usually people have one or two weak areas. And if you're like, you know, a few stone overweight, you're not feeling in your best shape right now, it might just be that fitness is one of your weak areas. I'm sure that you're brilliant in other areas. There's other things that you can just keep yourself on track with, keep yourself accountable with. And a trap that people fall into, especially people who are very high achieving in other areas, is they think, well, I'm able to do that. I can stick to that. I can stick to my work schedule. I can stick to all this other stuff. So I should also be able to stick to fitness. But the reality is if they were gonna do it, they would always they would already have succeeded with it. They'd already be succeeding with it. They wouldn't be in a position where they needed to work on their fitness if they were able to stay on track with their fitness. So the reality is you can save yourself years and loads and loads of struggle if you just get a proven program which is tailored for you, which is really efficient, really quick, really easy to put into action, rather than doing it all by yourself. And you know, you for example, you could try and fix your car by by yourself. So like my wife's car needs new brake discs on it. I I could do that. I could go and buy the brake discs and um, lie on under the car on the road and get all the tools out and I could fix it. But it's going to take me time. It's going to take me expertise. Maybe I'll make a mess of it. Maybe I won't get it completely wrong. Or I can just invest in an expert with a proven track record to fix it for you, which is what I'll do. I'll take it to a garage, give it to someone else and say, do you know what? I don't want to spend three hours fixing brake discs on a car. Do that for me. So just like, this is exactly like what one of our clients did. So rather than struggling on our own, one of our clients, Judy, she came to us, she asked for help. We put a program together for her. We took care of all the difficult details so she could just focus on doing a few simple things each week and she was able to see amazing results. So I'll read out now a, uh, a testimonial from one of our clients, Judy. So Judy is a busy working mum who had just turned 15. She said to us, before I started Trinity, I weighed 92 kilos and I was the heaviest I'd ever been. I felt lethargic, unhealthy, embarrassed and unhappy. I was squeezing into size 14, elasticated waist and bursting out of size 16 tops. I've made amazing progress with Trinity from day one. I lost a stone in three weeks and I've just continued losing weight whilst gaining strength, energy and bags of confidence. I've lost 22 inches in 24 weeks and a total of 14.4 kilograms, 7 inches from my waist. I have a waist. My jeans are a size 12 and I'm going to need a belt soon. I've never needed a belt in my life before. I wear fitted tops without needing to cover up um, cover up at the top. I feel embarrassed and motivated. Sorry. I feel energized and motivated and excited to see what the next 12 weeks brings. I have a much flatter stomach and abdomen. I have waist definition and definition on my sternum. Never knew this was even a thing. I can buy clothes and be confident they will fit, but need to get used to confidently buying smaller sizes. I have tons more energy and confidence. I no longer hide away from photographs and I'm amazed by the comments I get from my friends and family. Trinity, Trinity has changed my life completely. So those are the kind of results that Julie got from putting all six of the tips we've gone through in, in, today's, in today's episode into action. So I mean, just to recap those tips, first one, minimize those hormone disrupting foods. Secondly, make smarter food choices. Thirdly, make smarter drinks choices. Fourthly, do exercise that's optimal for your body's and body and hormones. Fifth, 
get protein with every meal. And sixth, have someone keeping you accountable. And if you do all of those things, you put all of those into action, you could easily and quickly drop one to two dress sizes over the next 12 weeks without having to struggle with diets that don't work, without having to go to the gym and do a load of sweaty cardio sessions, without having to ban the foods that you enjoy. And if you want to find out more about the exact approach that we'd recommend, the exact approach Julie followed, see those incredible results. Just head over to www.fit40info.com and you can get all of the details on that page. Awesome. So that just about wraps it up for today's episode of the Trinity Fit Over 40 podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you next week for another episode. We'll see you then. So thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity podcast.